from the internet, it's the Narrative After Show. Bringing you the entire week in review. Now, please welcome tonight's guests and your host, Seth Shalev. Wow. Thank you. Thank you very much, everybody. Aren't they nice? Aren't they nice to be clapping for us? That's very nice of them. Welcome to the after show on a Friday night. It's so good to be with you. It's almost Valentine's Day, which is quite exciting. If anyone is allowed to go out and eat, we are sort of allowed now. So that's a good thing. Maybe people go for nice dates. My two dates tonight, I'm really excited to have Kira Butler here tonight, who's the uh, senior editor at Mother Jones, who published an incredible story today all about the minivan mom protest. Uh, we'll tell you all about that in just a second. And how are you, Kira? Nice to see you, by the way. Uh, I'm glad to be here. I'm very good. And of course, Rachel Bittercoffer is here as well. How are you, Rachel? You know me. It's Friday. Woohoo! Doom are, Friday. Love it. Are you ready to be ringing your uh, fire alarm bell again? Are you still feeling like the world is falling in and the end of the world is here? I am going to disagree with you all night long tonight because I don't think it's the end of the world. Uh, I think oh, things are going pretty well. I mean, besides the fact we have a war looming and, you know, COVID reemerging and a bunch of other little things, I still feel like it's not the end of the world. But let's begin the show with uh, the story that came, you know, we've been watching the Canadian uh, trucker protests, which are kind of insane. Now they're, do you see this picture today that I posted earlier on in my Twitter feed? And not that any of you are glued to my Twitter feed, but you must have seen it somewhere else. There was this picture of a bunch of kids and moms at the Windsor, uh, Ontario border crossing. You know, they were part of the trucker protest. But look at this protest. This is insane. This is what you do. You use your children as human shields now at the border crossing not allowing you know international trade to cross through i mean i feel like i mean this is bad parenting i'm not a parent but <laughs> isn't this bad parenting it feels to me like it's pretty bad parenting yet they're not alone there's all sorts of other moms around america readying themselves for protest and this is the story that you were discovered on telegram and what did you find out that was so intriguing and fascinating uh, what these moms were planning well, you know, the, the idea that moms would be involved in protesting vaccine mandates, mask mandates, is was not surprising. You know, this was something that I've been covering since the beginning of the pandemic. You know, I've written about the flow of disinformation through online communities of women. I wrote about uh, how QAnon conspiracy theorists were looking in moms groups to win over new adherents back in 2020. So this was not surprising. I think the newest and most a shocking part to me was the extremist element, the white nationalist element. So in these groups where people, mostly parents, were organizing, the leaders of these groups, at least a few of them are well-known white supremacists whose personal pages on Telegram are just full of hate speech. Mm -hmm. The kinds of things that uh, you can read about in my story, but I wouldn't repeat it here. It's just really, Are you going to repeat really anything you want to hear? But okay, we'll, we'll hold you to that and we'll read yeah, your story. No, thanks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. But, you know, Telegram's an interesting thing. Telegram is a Russian platform, basically. A lot of people use it around the world. I don't recommend anyone actually go on there. It's just full of vile, vile, vile accounts. And the fact that so many Americans are choosing to go there and organize these protests against America is kind of, you know, it's disheartening to say the least. But it's also... In this case, I feel like it's jumped the shark a little bit. I mean, you're talking about moms organizing minivan convoys. And, you know, in Canada, they've, they've had real trucks and, that carry trade and, and carry cargo. But now you're talking about moms blocking highways and border crossings. What's, what are they planning to do? 
I mean, so part of it is uh, these white supremacist leaders actually enlisting moms to be part of the convoys. There was one mom that was, you know, commenting on these pages. She was like, you know, I've got a Suburban. I, I drive my kids around in a Suburban. We can convoy in that, you know. But many of them are contributing to the cause by donating supplies. There were uh, people who were talking, one mom was talking about donating four cases of Girl Scout cookies to these people who were going on the convoys. I mean, another one suggested that the way that they should get the word out about the convoys and about the donation drives was to include notes in uh, their kids' school valentines. Oh, wow. So this is, That's you know, a great the, thing to do. On your kids' Valentine's, use your kids' Valentine's Day to promote a protest that'll destroy the economic trade in, in the United States. Right. Happy Valentine's Day with yeah. just a little light extremism in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just unbelievable. Um, yeah, it really is quite alarming. You know that I'm not actually on Telegram. I got my hands on these messages through a source, and the source told me that they have not seen anything approaching this level of activity and approaching this level of seriousness and the, you know, white nationalist involvement yet. And did this show up involved. after the, the Canadian trucker protest began or is it, did it precede this or is it around the same time? I think it, it started probably around the same time, but I think what the source was saying was that it has intensified, you know, as mm. American right-wing news outlets have been covering the protests, mm. I think that a lot of these groups are feeling emboldened. So these are the ones we shouldn't be showing, but I'm showing them anyhow, um, or are these just relatively sanitized? I would say those are not the worst of it. Okay. You know, one of them I included uh, because you can see them sort of batting around ideas for how to sow the most chaos. You know, here we have one group member saying, hey, maybe we can recruit tow truck driving companies to allow protesters to drive abandoned, unclaimed vehicles and park them blocking government buildings. You know, just people batting around how to get the most disruption bang for their buck. And then the other one, there is an, a, quite a clear example of anti-Semitic hate speech. And that is really just the tip of the iceberg. As is this when they're I talking know. about the uh, gay Jewish Canadian man? Yeah, that's well, right. I, yeah. I hope they don't come after me. I'm all of those things. And uh, I hope they, they leave me alone. But, you know, it is interesting to see those words there because you're like, oh, yeah, I sometimes can tick off those. Uh, I don't know, sometimes those are true about me, all those things. So, you know, what are they saying that's going to happen? They're going to... Oh, that I held all the funds or that a gay Jewish Canadian man held all the funds? And they, who are they talking about specifically? Was it just a theory? So I think what this is referring to is that a bunch of people tried to donate to a GoFundMe, like a crowd fundraiser to support the convoys. And GoFundMe and uh, officials in Ottawa basically shut that down. And uh, yeah. On behalf of all the Jewish and Canadians out here. Uh, so, <laughs> um, you know, it's so troubling because this is, I mean, we're laughing, but it's serious. I mean, these are yeah. people who have been uh, brainwashed, really. There's no other way to describe them. They've been indoctrinated into a cult based on complete falsehoods, complete lies made up out of, you know, God knows where, complete lies, theories that just don't exist. I mean, I guess they've been gunned to believe them on a scale that they're willing to put up their livelihoods and their lives for it because this is, this is a protest that's going to intensify. This is not a protest that's going to, you know, it seems to me that by the time this ends, it's going to get uh, quite tense because they're very, you know, they're in a cult. They believe what they're doing. We're looking at sort of, you know, some people who believe in this, almost like a Jonestown event. You know, they're just so into it. They're so uh, indoctrinated that they, I think in many cases, would be willing to at least fight very hard, if not lay, lay down their lives for some of these causes. You know, I 
You have to look at kind of the underlying cause of all of this. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, there are a few things going on. One is that vaccine disinformation has proven to be really, really lucrative. You know, the Mm -hmm. people, the very small group of people who are really responsible for most of the anti-vaccine content out there are making money off of this. This is a job for them. And, you know, there's also, there is this group, I don't know if you're familiar with like the Great Barrington Declaration. These are, um, so last year, or maybe it was the year before, they all blur together now. I think it was October 2020. A group of very impressively credentialed scientists who were working with a libertarian think tank came out and said, you know, basically the strategy that we should be employing for COVID is let it rip, you know, let's all get it, let's get herd immunity. These scientists were very influential. You know, they, these were not, you know, some fringy people who sort of emerged out of shadowy places. These were people at Harvard and Stanford. Mm. And they had the ear of Scott Atlas, you know, who of course had the ear of Donald Trump. Mm. So those ideas have really taken hold. And those people, since the Great Barrington Declaration, which was there where they laid out the strategy, since they signed that, they have, you know, started their own think tank, their ideas have been repeated and, you know, many different outlets, even outlets on the left. You know, there are people who just sort of look at these credentials of these scientists and think these people must know what they're talking about. And, and it is so- confusing. Some of these things are confusing. They, you know, we've learned new things about the virus along the way, and some things have changed. And in some cases, some of the things that they may have said originally we should have done, we, you know, are no longer things we should do. So, you know, right. that happens with science. That's just development and learning something about something. But in this case, it's, you know, it's really entrenching polarization in, in the society around what's true about COVID. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. And, you know, there's a difference between scientific uncertainty and, you know, leaving room for the scientific process right. to, you know, get it wrong and then figure things out incrementally. And people who are pushing an agenda for, you know, self-serving reasons, I guess. Right. And I would put these folks in the latter category. And, uh, you know, their influence is extends far and wide. And I would say that, you know, there are clear connections between the parents who are getting caught up in the anti-vaccine movement, in the extremist movements even, and yeah. these folks who have been peddling this, these ideas for like a year and a half now. I know you've got mom things to do as well, but let me ask you one quick question if I can. Uh, so we, our audience wants to know all the time, you know, what can they do to help, you know, educate, uh, share information? They live all around the country. Uh, what would you say they should do to try and change the, the way people think about this if they encounter people who are sort of, you know, on the anti-vaccine side of things? Well, I have been for the last few months aware of a, a cool organization of doctors mostly it's called no license for disinformation oh yeah we have we have um, uh nick Nick. yeah yeah we love him he's terrific what a great job they've done a terrific job yeah yeah so i think that what they're doing really calling for accountability from state medical boards Mm -hmm. um to be responsible for providing the licenses to these people who are deliberately spreading misinformation i think that's a step in the right direction to try to get that to stop 
Thank you so much for sharing the story with us tonight and congratulations on getting it into Mother Jones. It's a great scoop. And also, I was looking at all your other stories and there's so many terrific stories that you write. I, I wanted to talk about Mama Bears, but we're not going to get a chance tonight. But maybe you'll come on another time and talk to us about Mama Bears. And everyone should uh, read Kira's really great columns in Mother Jones. They're terrific. They really uh, help illuminate what's been going on. Uh, and all factors. What do you say your beat is? I don't want to put you into a sort of um, pigeonhole, but do you have a beat or is it a... It feels I don't me like know, it's... I guess- <laughs> COVID misinformation? I don't yeah. know. But it's related to moms uh, and sort of, you know, it's more relatable than typical disinformation content, I felt. So people should really check oh, it out. Well, thank you so much for having me, Zev. Um, this was really fun. We'll definitely have you back on if you'll come and uh, have a good evening and enjoy your weekend. And uh, congratulations on the story. It's Kira Butler from motherjones.com is where you want to go and check her out. Now it's just Rachel and me for the rest of the show. And we get to rant and rave about absolutely anything we want to do. So uh, I don't even know where to start. I do know where to start, but I'm going to let you start. What do you want to start about? What do you want to talk about tonight? Yeah, I mean, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to follow up from that fantastic interview with that important, I mean, I would actually call it critical reporting from Kira, mm-hmm. which is focused on understanding a little bit more about what's happening at the grassroots level and this coordinated effort. So yes, like it's true that these truckers probably got inspired, right? (laughs) But like once the flames get laid down, what Bannon and the right are working on now are strategic disruptions to the supply chain to enhance the economic woes the country is under. And, you know, branding Democrats as, uh, you know, getting in between parents and their kids, right? So like the way that they're, so I guess what I would say is, it's really important to understand this mom's Caribbean thing that's coming that I, I didn't even know about till she put on my radar and I'm watching this pretty closely is going to join in with these like moms of liberty groups at the school boards and we're going to be looking at some pretty nasty stuff coming up right and when we cover it we need to make sure like if you're marching with nazis you're a nazi (laughs) so we don't want to talk about these people as concerned parents okay unless we want to empower their movement we need to make it really clear what they represent is a coordinated funded movement to kill people with misinformation about vaccines. And there's a lot of political motivation to producing the negative externalities that result of that, that is driving the GOP's investment. But at the end of the day, we can't act like these things are organic when they are not organic and they are actually part of a a cohesive strategy coming. You're you're so right. That's so well said, because in fact, there are, you know, coordinated by the same people who've done all the other stuff they've done in the last four years, whether it's Donald Trump's election to January the 6th to all the COVID misinformation. It's all done by the same people. You know, it's Flynn and, and Crowd and Bannon and Crowd. And, you know, what their goal here is twofold. One is they know that women and moms in particular, suburban moms, swing elections so that they get these moms on their side no matter what they tell. You know, they'll do anything to get those moms on their side because they believe that that will win them the, the next election. And it may, in fact, do that because, you know, more the more moms that are dedicated to these extreme sides, they stay there. Even if they start to question it, they'll stay on those, in those polarities until they get shown something completely different. And it's very hard, as we know, to break people away from those uh, extremes once they're there. The other piece of it is they really are trying to, as you point out, trying to disrupt supply chains to the United States. I mean, that border between yeah. Ontario and New York and, and Detroit as well, but those, those are very, very significant borders. Those are not the kind of things you should shut down because all these car manufacturing companies 
you know, they build them here in Canada, but they, then they sell them in the United States and vice versa. That is a huge part of what causes inflation in the United States. So if we block those and we stop the production of those cars, as many have already stopped the production or slowed down production at these car facilities, then what happens then? You know, yeah, we create more inflation and more delays and more shortages. Yeah. And this then, you know, drives up prices. And guess what? It all gets hung on Joe Biden come November or this November or even, you know, in the presidential elections, because guess what? He is going to tank the economy and he's going to make all this inflation. These are anti-American uh, foreign attacks of economic nature on our country. And they're being conducted by Americans who don't realize that. They think they're out there supporting their liberty. Meanwhile, they're operating for Russia. They might as well be Vladimir Putin's guys or Xi's guys. I mean, it's incredibly how and frustrating it is that we haven't been able to break this message through to them for obvious reasons, which we've discussed many times. But, you know, it's so important that everyone just gets involved this year because that is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a mobilization of moms in a way that we've never seen before at school boards, in, in these protests. I mean, these moms were standing, putting their kids as human shields in the border. Who would put their kids? Keep your kids at home. Teach them what they need to be taught. Don't take them outside to be blocking the border for trade between Canada and the United States. It's insane. It's unhealthy. It's not a good environment for them to be in, no matter what you think. I just don't understand how they would do something like that. It's absolutely... Well, they wouldn't do it on their own, Zeb. I mean, yeah. that's a strategy to me. As soon as you showed me that photo and I hadn't seen it yet... I knew right away, those moms didn't come up with that shit on their own. No. Think about the brilliance of it. You cannot move children, okay? The GOP has made it legal to run people over in the middle of the road, right? In Florida, right? So, like, they're, you know, they understand this strategy of disruption traffic, disruption of business and trade, which, you know, um, most recently has been used predominantly by Black Lives Matter protesters. And if you put children across the border, nothing's getting through, okay? Yeah, I, I just have a hard time believing that, um, you know, organically pissed off, largely illiterate soccer mom from suburbia came up with that strategy on her own. Bullshit. No, of, of course she didn't. And you know what the reality of it is? We're talking about a situation where this is the same kind of thing that they were doing in, in Baghdad when we were bombing Baghdad. You know, this yeah. is human shields. We, yes. we don't do this in America. When did we learn to do this in America about stuff that is completely made up? It's nonsensical. I mean, firstly, coronavirus is sort of waning now. I mean, in many cases, this is just a fight on principle because, you know, yes, we all need to have vaccines and it's very important. But in two or three months from now, if every prediction turns out to be true, then this is going to be kind of a mute argument. It's going to be like, why are we talking about this? And yet here we are disrupting trade, having kids blocking borders. And for what, you know, for a completely stupid argument about something that we may not even need in a couple of months from now. No, yeah, I mean, for they're useful idiots, right? Yeah. And like, uh, you know what I mean? Like they're so, the GOP, what they're bringing to this cycle, guys. I mean, oh my God, right? Coordinated truck and van caravans, Moms for Liberty, they're closing the school boards. Like there, and then we're like, oh, you know what we'll do? We'll just tell people what we gave them. And like, you know, that's it. You know, that'll be good enough. Or we'll just focus on the things that matter to people. Like, well, what? Like that matters to people. But you tell them about it, dude. (laughs) I mean, they really are. They really are hurting their own kids. I mean, they're taking away their education. They're taking away their economic futures. They're taking away their, the trade. They're help. They're destroying democracy. 
This and is they're making them stand in a freezing winter of Canada across yeah. an interstate border cross, dude. I mean, that's traumatizing. <laughs> it's traumatizing. No Ugh. shit. It's no just, shit. I, I mean, it's, it reminds me of when they had the kids burning masks in Idaho. Yeah. Remember that footage? That's the kind of that. shit we need to show suburban America. This is the modern Republican Party. These people want to be in charge of your kids' education. Boom. Problem wow. solved. Well, they actually want to destroy your kids' education. They don't want a public uh, school system. It seems. Now you are talking about these are these are good people. Obviously, I mean, all of you know the Americans don't do things. They wouldn't be doing this unless they thought they were doing it for the right reasons. They believe that they're helping save democracy. They believe yeah. that they're helping save their kids' rights and their future of all Americans. They would not be standing out there unless they were indoctrinated into believing that. They think they're well, there for the right reasons. Of a propaganda. Yeah. I mean, I. This propaganda effort on the right has been going on pretty much unassailed for 10 years, right? Mm. But like what we're seeing now is you used to be able to argue, look, your show, Tucker Carlson, is going to get somebody killed insofar as it's going to radicalize someone to walk into a church and shoot an abortion doctor in the head in the middle of the service, right? Right. Now we're talking about right-wing media radicalizing people into imminent physical danger directly it's nuts dude it's true i mean laura ingram last night was like arguing that this protest is really helpful in some ways i mean they're on the air encouraging these truckers who are not even in there most of them are not even canadian i don't know what they're doing up up in canada but they're pretending to be uh, victims of this thing which applies to them because they're driving across the border but most canadian truckers are actually vaccinated because everyone in canada well 80 percent of the country is vaccinated so it's like it's not even an issue in canada it's a marginal issue in canada but then these protesters have arrived and they're turning it into because of fox news into a global event we're now seeing yeah. it everywhere around the world and fox news is amplifying it and the gop is amplifying it and we've now got a situation I mean, it, no, it was, no, we don't now have a situation. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's an articulated situation. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, you get that, right? Yeah. That, like, the point was to create this thing that yeah. gets into the media and gets amplified. Right. And then grows their movement. And, like, my assumption is we'll see this in France and the UK mm-hmm. and Germany and all these other places. And depending on how well that gets financed, we're going to understand just how much Bannon and Stephen Miller's geopolitical uh, plane, you know, country hopping, let's build an uh, international fascist movement, <laughs> yeah. is catching fire because we're going to see it flare up every place that they've been trying to build infrastructure. And so it's actually, it's actually kind of handy because I'll, I'll get to see that now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, along with sitting around and thinking about how to save America, definitely sitting around thinking about, Jesus, we're facing our first like flow of fascist uprising in 80 years. The last time the world had a fascist passion, it, it spread through several countries. Japan had its own version of fascism. And we then got rid of it, had the most peaceful 70 years in a, a human development. Mm-hmm. We stopped killing each other with lynchings and you know the Holocaust, when you read the details of it, are, is just so disturbing. And especially going from like a 21st century conception of humanity and, and the value of life. But in the 20th century, the first half of it, we were still a very brutal species to each other, even in the West. Okay, And that stuff still kicks in our blood. And oh, we yeah. cannot afford to have this movement not 
called what it is in every capacity every time we talk about it. That's so well said because you know here we are. You can think of democracy as being such a mature thing, but it's only been around for maybe a hundred years, or even realistically in its current form. And only in the last fifty has it really become was maybe 70, it's become a more, you know, the kind of democracy that we recognize today as a fairly liberal, you know, equal rights place where there isn't a lot of violence or um, confrontation in the way that we used to see in politics. You know, people used to kill people to get in power. We don't do that. We haven't done that for a long time. Yet here we are, you know, igniting this, these old school fashions. And here we are again doing what we swore we would never do because human beings have been around for much longer than 100 years. You know, look at the entire spans of humanity. Democracy is a tiny like, fraction of the history of man. So we have a lot to protect here because we don't want to lose this. We just got it. It's brand spanking new. Let's see what people are saying on the chats here. So people are, oh, I heard a judge rule today that they had to clear out or be arrested as of 7 p.m. tonight. Should be interesting. That is interesting. There certainly was a state of emergency announced by the Ontario Premier, uh, Doug Ford. Uh, I don't know. I, there's actually here's someone telling us what the details are of that um, state of emergency. It includes a $100,000, I presume, fine and up to one year in jail, plus other permissions given to police. There was a conversation today between Joe Biden and Trudeau that followed the, um, the conversation they had about Ukraine. And, uh, you know, I think they uh, expressed to each other that they've had enough. And at least Biden, I think, <laughs> told Justin Trudeau he's had enough and they should clear it out. So I think they've cleared it out. We can't afford any longer. Like So like I've come to this realization, this professor who used to teach civil liberties, right? And I used to have, I mean, I was definitely, definitely an absolutist about the First Amendment, right? And over this last decade or so, I've started, this, you know, comes with some self-reflection as well. I started, you know, think about the Second Amendment of the absoluteness of that it's an ideological movement that the left is up against, right? On the left, it's about policy and pragmatism. On the right, it's ideology. And I got to thinking about the First Amendment, like, and that a lot of us on the left are behave anyway, intellectually, about the First Amendment, the way those nuts do on the Second, right? Mm -hmm. And since then, I've been like, you know what? Canada, the UK, all these other free places where people are living very happy lives and doing whatever the hell they want all day, right? Well, uh, eating bonbons of. and jacking off <laughs> and whatever, right? France, UK, so Germany, they yeah. monitor and regulate speech. <laughs> like they well, so do don't we. just let you say whatever the hell you want. No, we do not. We really but the, but you can, there are some limitations. Very you can't go into little. you cannot go no, into a crowded no, theater. No. You cannot go into a crowded theater and and yell fire. You can't do that. Yeah, That's a limitation on speech. Well, right. you're doing that essentially with COVID, though, right? I mean, there's no theater. I think so. I think they're doing yeah, it, but yeah, yeah. so it should be illegal. They're affecting the public health, and that's totally legal because yeah. it's political speech. So here's the thing. Our First Amendment limitation of being able to run into a theater and call fire is one thing, but what about the fact that I can take a list of abortion providers, post up a wanted poster on the Internet, provide their address, their kids' addresses, and somebody can go and shoot them? And I'm still legally protected free speech, yeah. right? Some of these new so, laws, unbelievable. You know some of these new I mean? laws that are being passed where in Missouri, I think if, if you're, they basically, they're legalizing murder through the back door there now. And in Tennessee, the same kind of thing, where if you have a license for a gun, you know, you're considered law and order now, oh, which is, of course, white people have more likely to have the gun licenses. So it's yeah, creating yeah. a whole, you know, illegal murder. It's insane. Yeah, because the, to the Republican Party that controls those states, of mm -hmm. Aubrey uh, was shot. I don't remember his last name. 
the runner, the jogger in Atlanta that the trail uh, we yeah. just passed for. Can't remember now. Yeah, I, just I'm just, sorry, my, my, my brain stopped working this week, and it's not. I just, yeah, I may, may re- it may return at some point, but it's yeah. it stopped working somewhere along the way this week. Past in Missouri and Tennessee is because those three men had mm. to be acquitted, right, under Georgia law, and so they're, they're trying to make sure. I mean, in their opinion, those people should have been acquitted. Because, yeah. you know, he did the crime of looking sketchy while running because he's black. I mean, that's essentially it. So they, they feel yeah. like those are wrongful convictions. Yeah, of course. Of course they do. Yeah. Right? It's, <laughs> it's just how they think. So, yeah. you know, we also have a war potentially starting. So this is not, you know, this, yeah. that's another thing that's going on in the world. You know, potentially <laughs> by Monday, parts of Ukraine could be under Russian occupation. So, you know, President Biden is telling Americans to get out of Ukraine because they could find themselves, you know, going to bed in Ukraine on one night, but waking up in Russia the next day and under Russian occupation the next day. And they might not like uh, to have Americans in Russia and they might not treat them so well. So, you know, if you're watching in Ukraine, we do have some viewers, believe it or not, watching Ukraine, you have to get out of Ukraine. That's what President Biden is saying. And he's saying it not because, you know, they don't want to go into to fetch you because they won't be able to because that'll mean starting a war with Russia because, you know, we don't want to end the world. So if you're in Ukraine, get out of there. But it is interesting. And I'm, this is where I am going to be, as I often am, very positive about this president of the United States of America because it's genius. This guy has played the world again in a way that is unbelievable. He has run circles around Putin. He's coordinated a response across the entire world He's taken NATO, which was falling apart under Trump. He's pulled them together. You know, he stood up to Putin and actually proven that NATO exists as a force. The Europeans are right behind him. Even the ones that weren't really that strongly behind him are still there behind him. He's given the Ukrainians all the weapons they could possibly need and more, you know, $600 billion worth of weapons, like a lot of weapons. They can go to town if they wanted to, and they think many of them do. And Putin's left in a situation where, you know, to stay the strong man, he has to go to war. But he doesn't really want to go to war because it's unpopular and he doesn't want to have to fight the Ukrainians because he's going to kill a whole bunch of people. And what? why? Because then you've got to occupy a country. It's one thing taking over a country. Then you've got to occupy it. You know, it's a lot of money. It takes a lot of effort to occupy a country. He doesn't really want to do any of this. He wants his, to appear a strong man and he wants to continue to be a powerful presence in the world because he'll be able to get parts of Ukraine. But I don't believe he's really wants to go to war against Ukraine. So... I just think, you know, I've called this before. I'm going to give it a big reveal. It is called Biden's diplomatic jiu-jitsu. He's done this so many times, and he's one of the very few people I've ever seen. He's one of the best presidents of the United States ever. He can do multiple things at one time and do them brilliantly. He is able to literally change the entire nature of the world at one time. And he's able to do that on one front. He's dealing with Justin Trudeau and the truckers on another front. He's got these, you know, anti-vaxxers and all this nonsense going on. He's got Fox News and all these others, you know, brainwashing half the population. He's got inflation being driven up artificially, fighting supply chains. He's doing all of this without even blinking. You know, he doesn't get upset. It doesn't seem like he gets upset. He's always pretty even keel. He doesn't attack the opposition by calling them rude, crazy things. He just does the work that he needs to do. And considering the the economy is blowing up, it's unbelievable how many jobs he's created in one year, like three times the number of jobs that Trump ever created. It's insane how amazing President Biden is. And I know he's not the most like 
you know, blow me out of the ballpark kind of speaker. He's not Barack Obama when he speaks, but I don't care. He's getting the job done and he's doing it really, really well. We're having a huge, huge success by turning what was a, you know, potentially a loss against Russia and China. And we are turning it into a big win. And I know that Xi and Putin know this. So they're sitting there waiting for their Olympics to end, the worst Olympics ever that no one is watching because it's in the middle of the night, but also no one's watching because it's a militarized Olympics. And they've spent all this money trying to destroy America. And guess what? They couldn't because Joe Biden, because Joe Biden has stood in their way. So I don't think, you know, I know, Rachel, you're going to disagree with me on this, but coming November, if anyone is stupid enough to vote for the Republicans when they have Joe Biden in the White House and the Democrats who can push through another two years of great agenda, I give up. I mean, I don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know. Rachel, <laughs> say something. Yeah, everything you said is true. And Biden today is going to lose probably 30 seats in the House, three seats in the Senate, the governorships in Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, and 56% of people in the survey said that he hasn't done shit for him. Right. So well, this, is your, this is according to you, you pollsters. You know, you pollsters are having. No, you've made you, some mistakes you know in the. No, listen, you've made some mistakes in the recent past. Whole episode on polling, so that yeah. you, so your viewing audience actually can look at polling and get something out of it that's useful. Yeah. But yeah, you don't get to look at the polls this year that you looked at in 2018 with a- anticipation and be like, no, that shit's just that's all made up shit, dude. Yeah. Okay. Here's I the reality. That. We have the aggregation of the generic ballot. Which party do you want to control Congress? And all that shit that you just said is absolutely true. You didn't cover like the reverse headlines coming out of the Republican Party. Shit show to sum yeah, it up. But- and yet they're gaining on the generic ballot this month. Gaining. Okay, well, so Zach, how I know are they gaining? Are yeah, they're gaining. They're doing because what better. inflation is inflation driving it up, yes, or is it just because like no one knows any of the shit that you talked about? No one, not how a do they not person. know? How, aren't they consuming they don't anything? News. They don't even walk past news anymore. We used to hear news in the yeah, restaurant, yeah, from people talking, newspapers, people would be reading, and the headline would be like that. You'd walk past the boxes. None of that shit happens then. And I'm telling you right now, it's not that American people are unconcerned about falling into fascism. It's that Mm. they have no fucking idea it's happening. Okay, And they're not going to know on their own. We have to shove it down their throat and get it in front of their eyeballs on their, you know, the bachelorette. Otherwise, we're all going to die. We are we are probably we are probably going to die, but we do have to do that. I mean, we have to get an organized. I'm sure the Democrats are working on this. They must be. No, although it should have started. That, there's now. nothing in the Democratic plan right now to deal with that because really? what we need is a cacophony of sound. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So all the shit that you've talked about yeah. is covered on CNN, the Washington Post, whatever. Right. So the Sometimes. educated, yeah. most engaged part of the population is where. That's like 20% of the electorate. We already know know they're voting for the Democrats. So then we're left with... The rest hears only, uh, you know, maybe on Good Morning America, a segment about turkey inflation, where to get the best turkey. Prices are 7% up. And, you know, they might know when a tornado rolls through and, like, kills 400 people or a mass shooting. I mean, nowadays you've got to kill 60 Americans in a mass shooting to get a headline, right? So, like, they know that shit. But they don't know coup plot. They don't know about this elector scandal. They really? don't know anything about that. They don't know anything about no. that. So no. when we have public they hearings, and we will have public hearings, and Fox News will carry that, and it'll become more newsy, will that make a difference? 
No, because it will help when we have Liz Cheney running that committee. Mm-hmm. But there's like, you know, on my liabilities and assets spreadsheet mm-hmm. to save America and the yeah. world. I, guess, oh, I wanted to see America that. That's, that's a good one. <laughs> I mean, if America falls, guys. Canada. America's not going to fall. America is, is the greatest country in the world. It has a huge economy that's responsible for 50% of the world's GDP. It's not no, going no, no, anywhere. No, it's not going to fall like that. I mean, yeah. fall to fascism, right? Oh, so imagine no. all of that shit bent to the purpose of like an aggressive, expansionist, imperialist, unapologetic, white, supreme, you know. Yeah, we I saw know. that. We saw that in the last four years before Biden. It was a disaster. And, you know, yeah, and we know that. Worse. It, worse. Well, he's not in power anymore, is he? So he can't really have worked that well. He would have had his mood be in the middle of a second Trump he term right now. One of our political parties. He, he's, the whole yeah, fucking yeah. party. They, they excised two members, right? So, like, that tells you that 98 other members could not be excised from that coalition, right? Well, there's some people in there. I mean, look, he has some control in some measure. He's oh. probably not going to run. I mean, it's the truth of it. He's probably not going to run. And DeSantis is go- and he's it, more likely to ideology yeah. is now the modal ideology. I mean, we just had Nancy Mays, who's running in that South Carolina one seat, go to Trump Tower, film a video of her basically doing fealty because she insulted uh, Donald Trump and didn't get his endorsement in the primary, right? Hmm. So, like, uh, I just can't, I won't sit here on anything and let it be not clear that the Republican Party is a party that is in a crisis and has completely collapsed, and it is now being overtaken by white nationalists and other um, not nice people, right? And so when we talk about America falling into fascism, we're not really... I don't think expecting like an explosion event. What you're going to see Hmm. is a nationalization of the media system, Hmm. who's getting onto Twitter and who's not, right? Uh, Little things in the margins as they, because you have to get rid of first, you have to get rid of your opposition. And the Germans did that de jure, right? So Hmm. they just made laws and outlawed their opponents. So like one of the first things they did was say, no, can't be any other political parties in in Germany. They have all our names as well. They know exactly where we are. So, you know, that's what the last few years have been. It's, you know, they've collected all this data exactly of, you know, what every American looks, thinks and feels. I mean, they just have so much information. I do want to connect some dots here because, you know, we're talking about the stuff with the, with the truckers. We're talking about these moms. We're talking about Ukraine. We're talking about, you know, the fact that there's a propaganda effort that's all across America brainwashing people. How are your eyes? Do you need to take a break? Um, <laughs> I got an eyelash in there and I had to deal with it. That's it's good, it's you're, Well, you look good. And if it bugs you anymore, let me know. But these things are all come from two people in the world. The same two people keep coming up, Putin and Xi. The same okay. two people are doing all of these things. We're in a war, ladies and gentlemen, and that war is being run by these two people. So, you know, every single one of those things that you just mentioned as in your liabilities column, they could be removed right away if we stop their access to our country. You know, that's as simple as it is. If we stop their access to our news media, which they have control, or, you know, I don't know who owns Fox News or who controls their storylines, but it certainly doesn't sound like it's a pro-American network anymore. It doesn't feel like it's owned by America. It's owned by some other entity that's controlling it. And so, you know, we just have to remove Xi and Putin's access to this country and everything will be lovely. So we need to just do that and then everything will be fine. You and I won't have to be here on a Friday night. We could have lives again. It'll be easy. And so there are things that are happening as people are pointing out on the chat. For example, did you see the judgment against Guo, the so-called dissident who was not a dissident who turns out to be a Chinese spy? 
$134 million. I think that was the judgment. It was an insane amount. He now intends to leave America. And he's Bannon's best friend. He's the guy that was running essentially a lot of these propaganda efforts in this country. So that's a good thing. And we're seeing a lot more of those judgments in a lot of places. If you look carefully at what's happening at the Department of Justice, yes, Donald Trump is not arrested. But look what happened in Hawaii as they went after uh, Susan Collins, um, you know, secret slush fund that was helping elect a straw candidate so she could win. Who was there? The Chinese were there. They were the ones buying uh, those straw candidates. And that's happening everywhere in the country. And I know it's not like always front page news, but it's happening. And it's happening every day. We're seeing those headlines. Bit by bit, these pieces are being destroyed and then dismantled. This effort to destroy America is being dismantled. So by the time we get to maybe November, but certainly by the time we get to the next election, I think there'll be very little that they can do at the end of the day to access America. And I include Facebook in that because look at Facebook. They no longer have the right to basically spy on your phone. I don't know why they ever did, but you know they no longer have that data coming from Apple. That costs them 25% of their market share. That is yeah. a lot of market share. You take that away you know, three more times and they're no longer in existence. So you know, we may not have a Facebook in the next few years and that's fine with me because they've been right there in the middle of everything, you know, brainwashing Americans. So there are things happening and I know sometimes it seems disillusioning because you're stuck in this craziness where like, and you've got a war coming and you've got these truckers and you've got inflation and all those crazy things. But actually we're making lots of progress and Joe Biden is the guy that's doing it. And uh, we should be very thankful for this administration. I actually think this is one of the best administrations ever in American history. They are so slick, they get things done. Maybe they're not communicating as well as they should, but in terms of actually getting everything done, boy, are they achieving it day in and day out. I just, I marvel at the incredible strength of this man. I mean, he's not a young guy and he is, I don't know how many hours or day it must take to rule this country and you know, enforce all of this around the world. And he is just giving it every day. So in honor of Joe Biden, I created a little artwork. That's uh, <laughs> jujitsu. <laughs> That's Biden. And uh, I don't know what happened to Putin's head. I don't know. Poor Putin. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry about that. But look at Joe, such a hero. Winning for us every day. Thank you, Joe Biden. Oh, Joe, I bet you looked like that when you were in your forties, dude. I think it was. Uh, you know, he might have. He might have looked like that. Also, I wanted yeah. to include some beefcake okay. for the show tonight. I think older, nerdy-looking white dudes are pretty sexy. You know. Oh yeah, for sure, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, and in this case, Joe Biden's looking pretty sexy. How's that? So everyone says, Joe Biden, you look sexy. You're looking at your sexy. sexy man. You're sexy man, President Biden. You're ruining the world and you're saving America. And look at Putin, all broken and then fallen and hurting on the ground there because he doesn't know whether to go to war or not. <laughs> Big time sexy president, says Upstate Farmer. All right. So that's, uh, yeah, there you go. I like that. I had a good time putting that picture together. He should be smiling. He's kicking his ass. Well, he is, he's just looking. He's, it's, it's, <laughs> You know, he had one really amazing photo that they took during the presidential campaign, and I've kept it for any time he's going to be a hero. Uh, so that, that's it. That's the one that we have there. Um, oh. What else do we got? Uh, I, I mean, I really am a huge fan of this president. I, all oh, the time. No. I mean, here's the thing, Zeb, is that you yeah. should understand Biden has the worst approval ratings in the world, right, uh, in the history of the country. 
And that's because we have a wholly different behaving electorate than we used to have, and it's very tribal now. And all of the Republicans and the right-leaning Indies are going to line up against him, and that's just very predictable. And that's why our presidential approval data is so inelastic compared to what it was historically, where it would fluctuate up and down with events. Now our uh, data, especially on the Republican side, doesn't move no matter how much chaos and disorder they cause, right? That tribal voter behavior is more um, pronounced on the right, and it's also more fanned and uh, grown on the right, so that's why. And uh, yeah, we've got some positive things, but... (laughs) You know what we don't have? We don't have an American news media. I mean, look at what CNN puts out, what Fox News. I was watching the press conference today. Every single reporter, hey, press corps of the White House, you don't have to say negative things to say you have a smart question. A negative question is not a smart question. A smart question is a smart question. You don't have to say, should the president have done this a year ago or seven months ago? And is he too late? No, he's done everything he needs to do, obviously on time, or we would be at war right now with Ukraine. But no, he sent in all the weapons at the right time. So don't start the press conference by saying, well, is the should have done this earlier? No, he shouldn't have done this earlier. Of course not. We haven't even started anything yet. He's done everything perfectly on time. And the thing is, this press corps, which is controlled by this media conglomerate, they feel like they got to just, you know, they got to get them, got to get the president. You're not going to get him by saying something negative. He's just one of the smartest people around. You, can, you know, you have to think about something a little bit smarter than that and just ask a stupid question that is meant to make him look bad. But really, it's making you look bad and you're lying to your viewers because your viewers think that you know the truth. So when you ask that question, you're projecting an editorial point of view. So try better, White House press corps. I know you guys, you guys are terrific. Ask a good question that actually tells people what's going on in the world, that explains why America is making progress. That will really help yeah. the world. And here's an incentive for you if you happen to be listening, White House Press Corps, is that you're probably the first in line to get fucking rounded up. So you probably <laughs> want to get that shit together, right? Yeah, Real it's pushing now. It really is. I mean, everyone knows it's better when the Democrats are in power. It's just better. For reporters, it's better. You get better parties. You get the White House right. press correspondence dinner. They have celebrities there. I went yeah. once. It was really fun. Met and Tom also Cruise. You don't die. You know. You don't die. You don't die. And you don't get killed. Yeah, so. they throw better parties. They just do. So come on, come on, White House press corps. You get all the perks. Who wants to go to Donald Trump's like Christmas party? You want to go to Joe Biden's Christmas party, or maybe I don't. <laughs> Definitely, actually. All right. What else we got tonight? Did you have one other thing you want to talk about? You have a uh, speaking of the Olympics. Uh, yeah, there has been a, a big loss for a Chinese great hope in the Olympics this year. She is, she was an American uh, ice skater, right? And now she's decided to, to go somewhere else. She's decided to skate for the Chinese, but it has not gone well for her. She's in fact collapsed just twice. Or, I don't know. She's had a bad time. That's why she's in tears over here. She's in tears over here because... I don't know. She's just couldn't, didn't, couldn't do the triple sow cow or whatever it is that they do. I don't know what these people do, but um, <laughs> she's also, you know, she was picked into the Chinese team instead of other Chinese people who should have been there. So they got upset about that. But this is your story. Why am I telling people about it? You, you tell people about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think that's, you know, that is, uh, I think from the, this Olympics, you always have one narrative that kind of dominates everything, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, in this case, we have an American athlete who was brought here as a child from China. So she, I believe she even has dual citizenship or she was born here, but she was educated here and raised here. And most importantly, 
trained here, right? Mm -hmm. So this was like all over the sports talk world, and I thought we might have a little fun, do something a little bit less dark and depressing to close out on, and talk about debate, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe we agree. I have no idea. Here's her motivation, right? I mean, you could argue it's a motivation about, you know, there's uh, more empowerment potential in China, and that's the stated public explanations, right? Like, there's this uh, ability to help women and da-da-da-da-da. But there's also the fact that the Chinese market is like 1.4 billion people, right? And ours is 300,000. Yeah, so there's not that better. It's not better for them yeah. there. She's competing against so many more people. So that's not true. Well, no, no, no. I mean, not not in terms of competition. I'm talking about in terms of merchandise, right? Oh. And, yeah, yeah. So, like, she skated for America. I thought it was the and, Amateur Olympics. The what? I thought it was the Amateur Olympics. It wasn't about the sponsorships. No. <laughs> oh, no, no. I think, like, Olymp- I mean, is it Simone Biles done commercials? I think they all do commercials. That's how they, they pay the I think so. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So, anyway, here's, like, the philosophical element yeah. of this, right? How do we feel about people coming, using American resources, the best tiered training program in the world is our Olympic training programs for our crucial sports, and then taking all of that investment and talent and representing, you know, they're not even, uh, it's not their home country anymore, right? So how do we feel about that? And the thing is, she'll come back probably because, you know, who wants to actually, she doesn't want to really live in China. She's just there for, to get the gold or whatever, to try getting to this, you know, some medal position here. She's just using American, she's using China. She's not even like, I mean, I don't think it should be allowed to do this at all. They shouldn't be allowed to do this. There doesn't, how can you just jump teams? I mean, it's not like, you know, you are representing your country. And I know this happens in many sports at various times, but especially when you've got such an animosity right now between China and America, to do this is really kind of, I don't want to say treasonous, but it's like, it's just not very patriotic. It's just not. And here's the other thing too, right? We see this a lot in baseball and, and now in basketball, like initially our top stars, if they were recruited into the NBA, MLB from South America or somewhere else, like if they made it to the top tier, they would go play for us predominantly. And then uh, I think it was Yao Ming was the first basketball player that broke that. And but I, I could be wrong about that. But in any case, yeah. I mean, so just kind of interesting element of the Olympics. You know, having an athlete decide instead to go skate for communist China. She should just have to stay there. That should be the penalty. You know, sorry, you're you're crying because you have to stay in China. We don't want you back. <laughs> Cry, I cry, like cry. It, cry, 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 cry. Yeah, broke the Chinese internet. Literally went down well, when because she had her Yeah, because she had such terrible reviews that the Chinese government had to go in there and clean up all the reviews. They had to remove all the Twitter comments, whatever they have over there, Wimbo, whatever it is. They had to take off all the negative comments because they didn't want to have her and Xi be embarrassed because it was Xi's great idea. I mean, come on. <laughs> and she's in there because they said because her father was a great scientist. It's got mm-hmm. nothing to do with the fact that she's at the Olympics. Yeah, uh, Andrea says yeah. she's a former figure skater. The 15-year-old Russian was caught for doping, of course. Start them young in Russia, don't they? Waiting to hear if she will be able to compete in the singles. The team medals haven't begun giving due to this doping issue. Okay, that's interesting. Well, you know, I mean, this is not new. Russians doping, wow, that is not news. Uh, Eileen Gu, the gold medal free skate skier, was born here and lived here but skied for China. Mother and grandmother were from China. 
you know, I'm trying to steal our tech, and now they're taking our gold medal athletes, right? I, I don't mind saying this, and I don't. I, I'm sure people are going to say that I'm being racist, and I'm not being racist. But China has been a bad player. They've been. They've been not. Oh, no, 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 stop talking, dude, because anytime someone starts with that, it ends up bad, dude. What? Well, we'll start with that. Pre- okay, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. But China's not been a positive a player in the world when it comes to the way they've approached other countries. They've certainly yeah, used them. Ratings are so low for this Olympics because so many Americans refuse to watch it's it. It's just in the middle of the night. It's taking place in, yeah, in China's prime true. time, which is like, no, the viewers are here in the United States that you really want to get. That's where the money is. So, you know, why do you want to do this in the middle of the night? And then it's so militaristic. And, you know, they've suddenly discovered they have COVID because they didn't until Omicron was unleashed on the world. Now they have an Omicron problem. So they, they couldn't fill the stands with uh, all the people that they wanted to fill the stands. So it's, it looks like, a you know, it's like, it's an Olympics like in a police state, in a militarized stadium, and, and it's super controlled. And that's not what the Olympics are about. You meant to actually go there and meet other athletes from around the world, and sometimes they have sex. Don't tell anyone. Yeah, I mean, you know, in the Chinese experiment or experience, though, I mean, all the Asian countries, both yeah. communist and democracies, all have a culture that did not do let it rip. Okay? <laughs> and that, culturally, it is really disgusting to inflict your deadly virus on other people when you have a choice, right? right, right. And so, like, you know, I agree 100% with what you're saying. But, yeah, at the end of the day, like, it is probably a causing a massive COVID outbreak to have all of the lepers of the world from countries that can't do, you know, vaccine mandates because freedom uh, come in and, and bring it. But, you know, that's what they signed up for when they decided to go ahead with the Olympics. So I have a, a different theory about all of that, which I'm not going to talk about because we'll just, uh, you know, sink down a rabbit hole that is so deep. We'll never get out well, of it. And we're yeah, out of time. So... <laughs> <laughs> Let's just stop there at the crying, at the crying Olympian, the Chinese Olympian, <laughs> uh, because that's where that's a good place to stop the show tonight. Rachel, that's how much fun has tonight been? It's been great. To, thank you for being here again. You're always terrific. Tell everyone what uh, where they can find you, and tell them about your pack, and tell them how you're going to save America. Yeah, well, if you're a glutton for punishment and don't have as good of a Xanax supply as Zev here, then you can hook <laughs> me up on uh, at Rachel Bittacoffer on Twitter. At Strike Pack, uh, that's the pack that is making a war machine to try to come up against this GOP war effort. <laughs> well coordinated, well funded, and well thought out uh, approach to 22, where we are just kind of walking uh, dead, zombieing our way through. And so I appreciate anybody who wants to go check that stuff out. And it's at Rachel Bittercoffer is your Twitter handle. Mine is at Zev Shalev. And uh, thank you for being here on Narrative tonight. We will be back on Tuesday. I have no idea what's happening next week on the show, but there's so much news. I have no doubt we'll fill it. We might even have the start of a Ukrainian war that's coming up next week. It's true, because Monday might be the day where they actually annex the Donbass area. Or try annex the Donbass area. So that's uh, Honestly, though, war with Russia, American civil war. Uh, right. I think I'd rather go kill commies than each other, dude. I would too, but I, I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna have that. I don't think we're gonna have that war. I don't think we're gonna have either wars actually, because because Joe Biden, because Joe Biden's sexy. Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Have a good night, everybody. Narrative is made possible by viewers like you. 
too, can support our independent journalism by going to www.patreon.com forward slash narrative.